Good. How are you doing? Great. Um, well, like has been echoed already this morning, I just want to speak life and health and healing and peace and salvation over our nation at this time. Uh, and at times like this, people turn to God. And we want to pray that that will be an increasing story over these coming days. And um, there's been a lot of disruption, hasn't there? Some disruptions have already affected your life, haven't they? Because some of you were going on holiday, but that is no longer the case. Guys, are you, your planes are still on. Yeah, so Steve and uh, KJ are due to be flying out to Brazil tomorrow. Why don't we pray for them right now? Where's KJ? Is she? She's gone to the loo. Well, what can you do? She's gone to the loo. We'll pray in a minute. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But they're going out on this mission uh, to Brazil, uh, and a whole team of them going. And so we just want to pray God's favor and blessing and protection upon them uh, at this time. Um, oh, she's back. Oh, you're back, KJ. We all know where you've been. <laughs> Phil told us. Because he said your, your trip is still on for tomorrow. So uh, right here, why don't KJ and, Phil, uh, and Steve rather just stand there. Just stand there. And why don't you just stretch your hands out to them, pray God's blessing. Uh, on those who are organizing these things, they've got, you know, ongoing moment-by-moment moment decisions to make on this as well. Obviously, this is a global thing going on. And so, Father, we just uh, commit uh, Steve and KJ to you regarding this uh, eight, nine-day trip that's supposed to commence tomorrow out to Brazil. We pray protection over them. We pray health and strength for them. We pray provision for them. We pray for the, the greater team, that gathering not only from here but the U.S., uh, that, Lord, there will be wisdom for those who are overseeing that as they uh, administrate things. And the Brazilians as they receive them. Lord, that things would be done well, would be done honoring uh, to you. And Lord, that you would do amazing things, we pray in the name of Jesus. And we pray for great reports out of this in your name. Amen. Good. Okay. Well, um, if how many get the email, the weekly email that comes out, and there was one came out yesterday, just a bit of a heads up for some things that we've been doing. Um, well, if you got the one on Wednesday, you'll have seen this morning, we're going to launch prayer hubs. Now, you remember right back in January, we talked about this and uh, Phil, uh, sorry, you, what's your name? <laughs> Fred here. <laughs> Pete and Mark had been plotting where everybody lives, those who on our database, and we came up with a map, as you can see there, with various dots on it. There's probably a few more to be added onto that uh, since that was done. And we want to launch prayer in those areas uh, where there are clusters of people living. Now, so we were hoping to be able to start to roll this out. Well, so what we're going to do, because of the current situation, et cetera, et cetera, we're keeping an eye on that. Um, but what we're going to suggest this week, and we want to tie it in this week, particularly because there's a national initiative uh, that the Hope Organization have done and some of the national denominations have bought into, that on the 20th of every month... At 20.20 in the evening, for 20 minutes, the nation and Christians of the nation are being called to pray. So that happens to be Friday this week. Now, I know there's a fish and chip supper planned for the um, amigos. Go for that. Pray at the end of the supper. That's all I would say. Um, but if, what I want you to do, I'm going to put you a challenge now. If you've got a diary on your phone or if you've got a, um, an ordinary paper diary, pull it out right now. I'm going to challenge you. And I want you to put a note in your diary. Scroll through to Friday. 
And I want you to put a note in your diary for 20 past 8 on Friday evening to pray. To pray for our nation. And we're going to join with Christians around the nation praying for us. Uh, And this was muted before the current crisis kicked in. Okay? So this predates the crisis that that the nations of the world are in right now. But we're going to use it for various things. And so uh, I wanted to challenge you to do that and join on Friday in your own home or wherever you are. If you can, just set aside 20 minutes to pray for our nation. And what are we going to pray? Well, let me give you some heads up of some things we can potentially pray. How about praying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We spoke a little bit about this the other week when we were talking about the Lord's Prayer. But I find it is humbling and fascinating to find that God himself says, you pray for my kingdom to be released. You know, he's the highest authority. He could just come blast right in. But he says, you pray. Pray my kingdom come. And I think the whole point of this prayer is for us to realign ourselves rather than... I'll, get, I'll, I'll, I'll jump. I'll jump in a minute beyond where I want to be. But it's saying, God, would you bring something of heaven to earth? You know, these encounter nights we do, it's, we, what's the tagline, Pete? Let heaven and earth collide. Something of heaven touching earth. How many say that sounds like really good? That sounds like a breath of fresh air right here, right now in our nation. The kingdom is not a matter. I'm trying to remember to rub my nose if I've got an itch. And we're not with my hand. It's very difficult, isn't it? You just automatically want to, yeah, anyway, whatever. I hate to think what I'm going to do with this jacket. Um, <laughs> the kingdom of God, Paul says in Romans 14, is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. How about a bit of peace and joy in our nation right now? Let's pray for some of that as we pray on Friday. Um, Let's pray also that God would grant repentance to people in the area. Well, that's a strange prayer to pray. Repentance to people in the area. First of all, could I encourage us that we just check ourselves that there isn't any unrepentance in our lives? What did Jesus say in Matthew 7? Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? So let's get ourselves right. Let's say, Lord, if there's anything in me... It's not honouring to you. Would you just put your finger on it right here, right now, and I just want to commit it to you. In the Old Testament, when you look up the word repentance and the Hebrew, it's got a couple of words that it uses. It uses the word nakam, which means to turn around or to change the mind. And the, and the second word is the word sub, and apparently it's used over 600 times to mean to return or seek to or to restore. And it's in those sort of phrases to turn to the Lord with all your heart. It's that sort of emphasis. When you get to the New Testament, you get to the Greek, and you get the word metanoia, which literally means to change the mind. To change the mind. Um, Imagine right here, right now, that you are planning to jump out of an airplane with a parachute. Okay? Some of you think... Just look at the person next to you. This could be you. This could be you. Now, some of you are going, not on your deli. Parachute school, and they would train you in certain things. They would probably show you how the um, pack with the parachute on your back was packed, how the ripcord works, 
how the secondary thing works if the first one doesn't. And they would probably tell you, hopefully, how to land. Feet bent, knees together, roll over. Sounds like I know what I'm doing. I haven't got a clue. Just saw it on telly one day. Don't wipe your nose. Right. So hard, isn't it? So you got all the training, and the day comes, and you get on the plane, and the plane soars off, and it climbs, and it climbs, and it climbs, and it gets to the moment where it's time to jump. And two people in front of you have jumped out, and you are now stood on the edge of the plane, and it's 7,000 feet to the ground. And you go, hmm. I'm not doing it. And the instructor says, go on, you can do it, you can do it. No, I'm not doing it. And you walk around and you go and sit down. That's repentance. That's changing your mind and making a decisive move to do something else. Now you might think that's a strange, but it's you know, making a decision to not continue in one course and to reroute to something else. Paul says to Timothy, he says, about people who, how many of you know there are people against us in the kingdom of God? Not, no, there are people against the kingdom of God in us. That's probably a better way to say it. Um, and he says, opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. What about a prayer? Lord, that repentance will come to people across our nation, the people in our locality, in our areas. Another thing we could pray is that people have a, a revelation of the truth of the gospel. How many people have had a revelation of the truth of the gospel here today? Yeah? Um, what's revelation? An act of revealing or communicating divine truth. Or something that is revealed by God to human beings. Aren't you glad you've had some things revealed? His incredible love for you. His incredible grace towards you. And provision. Um, theologians distinguish between two different types of revelation. There's general revelation and special revelation. General revelation... Uh, is God showing us something of himself through creation around us, etc., and through nature. The psalmist says in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God, the, sc the skies proclaim the work of your hands. You ever been out in nature and you just go, wow. If you just take a moment to stop and stare and look, you go, wow. Or you look at the night sky when it's clear and there's no sort of uh, infiltration of streetlights. And it's just stunning. I mean, the northern lights, I mean, we do our best. We've got, we've got purple and green here today, uh, Vicky on the lights, but not anything like you guys saw in Norway. So you get a sense of God in nature. But then the special revelation, as the theologians call it, God shows us what is true about himself in his plan of redemption through his one and only son, Jesus Christ. And we get a revelation of that all of a sudden. Uh, Galatians, Paul says this, I did not receive it, the gospel, from any man, nor was I taught it, 
but rather I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. And our prayer has got to be, along with Paul in Ephesians 1.18, that the eyes of their hearts out there, the world around us, may be enlightened in order that they may know the hope to which he has called them and the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints for his holy people. We've got to believe there's an inheritance for those yet to make that step and decision to follow Jesus Christ. That revelation comes. Um, I saw, I, I've used this illustration before, but Eric's here this morning and he's sat on the back. And I remember, I don't know how many years ago it was, Eric, we were doing an alpha course and you were sat there and you were sort of sat there and you'd come along and you were just sort of sitting and listening. And it got to the night where we were talking about why did Jesus die? And we were in the Freeman Street buildings in the function room and there, and I'd done some drawings on, on the whiteboard. And all of a sudden, there's a group of, I don't know, about 10 or 12 people in a semicircle. And all of a sudden, in the middle of my talk, how rude, Eric goes, I get it! I get it! It's like stunned. Nobody's ever done that before or since in a preach that I've done. And he said, I get it. It's like special revelation. Just at a moment, God dropped something in his spirit. He said, I now see what salvation's all about. It's like God met with him there and then in that moment. Let's pray that people would discover God's destiny for their lives. How many believe God's got a destiny for their life? Yeah? Each one of us here, we've got to believe that for the people in the world that we're rubbing shoulders with. That there's a destiny. Paul says in Ephesians 5.18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. There's a Spirit-filled life that will take you on an incredible adventure. And I want to tap into all of that and everything of that. However, a number of things to consider. If you are up for it, and the people of the world that we're talking about and praying for are up for it, your destiny will be costly. Just think about Abraham for a minute in the Old Testament from uh, Genesis 12. It says, The Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I'll show you. Abraham had to leave everything. I haven't got time to unpack all the story. But he knew for the promises of God over his life to be fulfilled and seen that he would have to take some steps of obedience. There was going to be a cost to this. He didn't know when he set off what it was all going to entail. It was only as he was on the journey and stepping out that God began to reveal things to him. And I think you very soon begin to realize that God puts his finger on things and challenges things in our lives as we journey with him. The second verse, Genesis 12, God says, But I'm going to make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. You know, God wants to fulfill a destiny in you. God says, I will do this. I will do this. If you step out, I will do this. Did you know that your destiny is not for you alone? Verse 3, God says, I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you. I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Wow. Did you know that you, the way you walk your life, the way you live your life out, the blessing of God on your life will affect those around you. Well, thank all three of you. When we give our lives to Christ, everything changes. When we truly give our lives to Christ. Not only do we change, but as a result, 
those around us begin to see that change and begin to be affected by that change. People will react to you differently. They'll respond to you differently. Some will just turn away and some will be very open to what, because they see what God is doing in your life. But your destiny is your choice. Verse 4 says, so Abraham went as the Lord had told him. It was like, okay, Lord, I don't understand it all. I don't see the end from the beginning, but I'm going to take this step today. I'm going to make that first step and follow you. At the end of the day, it was Abraham's choice to say yes or no. Each of us has a choice. A choice whether we are saying yes to Jesus on that journey, on that walk with him every day. Let us pray that as we do that, the world around us will see what God is doing. Um, we could pray that God's light would shine on the people of this area. When we pray in on Friday night, we can pray. And it's not going to be on Friday every month, because if you clock this, on the, tw- the 20th of every month, is going to be a different day every, week, every, every month, yeah? Not every Friday is the 20th. Yeah, you got that. But as we're praying, why don't we pray that God's light would shine on the people of our area? Again, this links a little bit with what I've already said. But if you think about some dramatic things happening, and we hear stories around the world of things like this taking place. But if you think about Saul in Acts of the Apostles, and he's persecuting the believers, those first century Christians, and he's chief persecutor if you like and one day he's heading to Damascus and verse 3 it says in chapter 9 of Acts as he neared Damascus on his journey suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him there was this supernatural bolt of light it knocked him to the ground and he was blind for three days and God begins to speak to him I'm all for hearing stories like that I hear stories of people just in the middle of the night being woken up and suddenly finding Jesus at the end of their bed and realizing that there is a God. Lord, let there be more of that. But also, and I think more often, it's that light being revealed through us. Matthew 5, 16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I did... Almost, Pete said to me the other day, have you got a song that you'd like us to sing at the end? And I, I almost said, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. But I've not gone for that one. What did Jesus mean when he was talking about light? He calls himself the light of the world on a number of occasions. John, the apostle, calls him the life that is the light of men, the light that shines in the darkness in in John 1, 4 and 5. The light in us is his light, the indwelling Christ being revealed to the world around us by the Holy Spirit. We have this light shining in our lives. If we have this light shining in our lives, how many of you know it affects your actions, it affects your reactions, it affects what you say, it affects how you say it? It's the fruit of the Spirit at work. The light of life. His light shines through our attitudes, our words, and our deeds. And when people see our lives have been changed so that we have the values of Jesus, 
it will speak volumes to them. I remember uh, a number of years ago, Andy is, is at the back there, um, myself and Andy went to a school reunion. We were in the same year uh, at school, and uh, how many years ago would that be, Andy? It's got to be a decade long time ago. But the school, our year, as far as we know, had never had a school reunion. And Andy heard about this school reunion for our year. And we went along to this thing and we were chatting with different people and saying, oh, what are you doing? You know, da, da, da. And you've got one who was a script writer for what was the bill back then, if you remember that TV program. Got another guy who was a chief superintendent of police. He was a right rogue at school, but he was now the chief superintendent of police uh, over in Hull. And... Um, Various people doing various jobs, and I remember uh, chatting one sort of group as we were chatting, and somebody said, oh, what are you doing now? So I told them, and they went, no. <laughs> you were the quietest in school, nobody, you mean you stand up in front of people? And I go, yes. And they oh, no. When God takes a hold of your life, the journey and adventure he can take you on can be absolutely mind-blowing and mind-boggling and you never perceive it, what God wants to do. And I, let me say this, I am not any more, I am special, but I'm not any more special than you in God's eyes. I am special in God's eyes, but I'm not any more special than you. When people see God's people living in a way that they do, and the transformation that has taken place in their lives, it will speak volumes to them. I'm going to wrap this up. Perhaps the band want to come back. Stop touching your face, David. How can City Church, in our prayers, how can we reach this area, with, along with the churches in our town and area? You ever felt that, oh, I don't know whether I'm doing much, I don't know whether I'm having much impact in my world as an individual or maybe even as a church. Are we having much impact, really? Well, I look at my own prayers sometimes, and there's a lot of what I call prayers of petition. Lord, would you bless that? Lord, would you do that? Lord, would you provide for this? Lord, would you bless them? And they're not bad. They're okay, those prayers. But what about a prayer of inquiry? Say, Lord, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? In Acts 13, there's a little scene there where there are five people praying. And while they were praying, the Holy Spirit revealed on them what to do. And they set aside Saul, who became Paul, Saul and Barnabas. And they were sent out on mission. And I dare to believe as we're praying that God is going to reveal some things to us if we have our hearts open and our eyes open and we have that sense of a prayer of inquiry saying, Lord, what would you have us do? What would you have me do as an individual? What would you have us do as your church? And as those early disciples went out, Saul and Barnabas, and you go just three chapters later on and, and you find in chapter 16, that Paul and his companions travel through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, and having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word of God in the province of Asia, when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not... Look, God is speaking to them. God is guiding them. 
because they're on a journey that he's commissioned. When he's commissioned the journey, don't be surprised if he'll keep guiding. A bit like Abraham of old. He didn't know all the story up front. But as he went, as he stepped out, then things began to be revealed. And during the night, verse 9 says of Acts 16, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to him. And my prayer, and I want to encourage you to pray, that the things that we do will cause effective doors to open to us. We don't just want to do stuff for the sake of doing stuff. We want to be effective in his hands. 1 Corinthians 16, Paul says, on one occasion, he said, I'm going to stay in Ephesus. The team were about to move. But he said, I'm going to stay in Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door for effective work has opened to me and there are many who oppose me. God knows how to open effective doors in your life and mine. Lord, help us to see. So when we pray, why don't you stand? We're going to pray. When we pray, and I encourage you to, if you haven't already done it, jot that in your diary for Friday of this week and then go through the year. And, you know, these prayer hubs that we were talking about earlier, we'll look at actually launching those a little bit later. But as we pray, let's bear some of these things in mind. Father, help us to be those who are honoring of you. And we pray your kingdom come, your will be done. We pray, Lord, that you would grant repentance to the people of our area. And Lord, would you also highlight in our lives anything of an unrepentant spirit. Lord, we pray that people would have a revelation of the truth of the gospel through us, that they would discover the destiny that you have for them, that your light would shine on them through us. Show us how we can step out effectively in this world to be all that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.